Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Ken. And we are from the Triviality Podcast, a pub trivia-style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Join us each week for an hour-long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world, plus tons of extra themed episodes. If you want to improve your trivia game, or you just want to scream at us in your car when we get easy questions wrong, then we're the show for you. Find Triviality on all your favorite podcast apps. But you know that, because you're already listening to a podcast. dramatic what follows may not be suitable for all audiences listener discretion is advised the world is full of stories stories of mysteries of curiosities of oddities join cat and jethro gilligan toth for the strange the bizarre the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities. Hey, if this is your first time listening to the Box of Oddities, just want to say this is not the typical kind of show that we normally do, but it is a show that we look forward to every single year. Yeah, you're coming in on a real sweet spot. Yeah. It's the annual Box of Oddities Halloween episode where we play your stories read by you. You're amazing. And that's why that's why we do it. Yeah, yeah. It's our sixth Halloween special. You really struggle with the word sixth, don't you? Sixth. Six. <laughs> Great job. Sixth. Also, big thanks to Aaron, who provided that uh, creepy dramatic door at the beginning. Um, you will hear creepy <laughs> dramatic door throughout this episode. We had so many entries this year. Uh, we are doing two volumes, two extended volumes of Halloween stories. Let's get to it, shall we? Our first story comes from Jessica. I used to work for a certain mail delivery service. Sometimes I would run the window selling postage and mailing packages. This particular day, I was working alone at an extremely small office, like the size of a studio apartment small. In the back, there's only a window and a wall of rentable mailboxes. The front door opens up to a small lobby where the counter is. So at closing time, I roll down the metal gate covering the window, which shuts me off entirely from the small lobby. I count my money, organize the items being sent out, yada, yada, yada. I've done this hundreds, if not thousands of times at this point. 
As I'm finishing up, I hear a sound, as if someone is quietly humming a mindless tune out in the lobby. Like I said, it's a small space. When a customer comes in, I can clearly hear them open the door. But no one had come in. My stomach dropped into my shoes, and I get the intense feeling that I have to get out of there right now. So I've heard unexplainable noises lots of times in the past. Things falling, but nothing out of place, footsteps. I've even heard a disembodied voice call to my dog. I have never ever had that kind of gut reaction to a noise. This was absolutely unexplainable. So I do the only thing I can, hurry like hell to finish up. As I'm trying to tell myself it's all in my head, the phone rings. This phone has been broken for months. The work order to fix it has been put in multiple times, yet still broken. Sometimes if you answer it, you can still kind of hear the other person on the line. So everything in me tells me that I shouldn't, but of course, I answer it anyway. Nothing but static. I push in to call, and immediately it rings again in my hand, as if I never even answered it. I finally say out loud, fuck this, like the smart horror movie fanatic that I am, and put it back in its cradle, still ringing. I get the fuck out still feeling the cold dread emanating from behind the closed door to the lobby. To add, I'd never been creeped out at that office before. I'm typically alone for most of the day, since it's not busy. I've been there hundreds of times. This was entirely unexpected. It was also only 4 p.m. and daylight outside. Needless to say, I'm still a little unsettled. Thanks for listening, you two. I hope you have a significantly spooky Halloween. Yeah, first of all, the sound of that old telephone creeps me out. (laughs) And uh, really kind of, uh, it triggers me. Some somehow. Well, I, you hate talking on the phone. Uh, well, that's true. I hate talking on the phone, and I really hated talking on the phone back when they sounded like that. Sure. <laughs> I don't know why that is, but uh, maybe it's because at that point in my life, I had very little money, and every time I heard that sound, it was somebody asking me for some. <laughs> that you didn't have. I think they call them bill collectors. Mm. Yeah. Our next story comes from Beth. This is an experience I had when I was about eight years old. I was living on a farm at the time and I had just gotten home from school, walked up the lane and my dad was working in the grain bin. I asked if I could help and he said no, it was too dangerous. So I had to find something else to do. So I'm wandering around the farm and I see an old cow trough, basically this big container that held water for the cows to drink out of. I thought it would be a good idea to get on top of it and walk around it to try and balance myself. It's only about two to three feet off of the ground, so I climb up and I start trying to balance and walk across it. Not long after, I start to slip and fall backwards. But as I fall backwards, it was like I left my body. All of a sudden, I was staring at myself as I'm falling 
to the ground, but I'm falling in slow motion. And it's so quiet, but the quiet is also loud. So I'm watching this happen, and I don't even remember what I was thinking as I was falling to the ground. But as I hit the ground, finally, it was like my spirit or myself snapped back into my body like a rubber band. And I screamed out in extreme pain because I had broken my elbow. And I just remember being in such agonizing pain. But later on, after they had set my elbow, I had thought back on this moment and just could not explain what had happened. I had never had anything else happen like that since then. And I suppose it was an out-of-body experience, but I think about it often. And on a side note, I was wearing my favorite shirt that day and the doctors had to cut it off of me. And I'm still a little upset about that. I understand that feeling, that out-of-body feeling that she describes. It wasn't really out-of-body for me, but uh, I, uh, I fell off a porch when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And I think I told you this story recently. I was running, and I tried to jump over the railing, and I tripped. Mm-hmm. And everything seemed to slow down yeah. to the point where I could look around. I knew what I needed to do in order to fall and not hurt myself badly. I actually did a tuck roll and landed on my feet. It's incredible. It's, it just seemed like I had all of the time in the world. The brain is wild. And I think Einstein had something to say about the way that time works Mm. In times of stress. And yeah, yeah. His theory of relativity, I believe. It's wild, but it didn't save your shirt, and I'm, I'm sorry about that, Beth. Allison's story is next. When I was a little girl, probably about six years old, I was like anybody else, and I was really um, messy with my toys. And so one day, Mom told me to go clean up my room, and there were Barbies and teddy bears and Legos and everything else all over the place. So I was bent down to clean that up, and in the corner of my eye, I saw this very thin, almost skeletal sort of thing. It was white. It walked over to me, and it bent down as though it was crouching down to help me pick up the toys but for some reason I was not scared it was more of a comforting sort of presence and so I just slowly turned to look at what it was and it wasn't there anymore Um, it only existed in the corner of my eye and I had forgotten about that until recently a coworker of mine was talking to me about um, ghosts and whether they exist and all of that. And she said, I have had an experience. I was a grown woman and I was in bed and I woke up and there was this white skeletal thing coming down my hallway. And it rushed at me and I hid under the covers, even though I was a grown woman. Uh, she said and when I took them off it wasn't there and I just got chills because of the white 
skeletal description there and I told her about my experience except mine was a comforting sort of presence and I still don't know what happened but it was a little creepy I thought I'd share thanks Nothing like seeing a friendly skeleton in your room in the middle of the night. It's one thing to have an experience like that, but to have someone else verify that something Mm. like that happened to them. No, thank you. No. Hard pass. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. You know, as your kids get older, there are some things about parenting that gets easier. I remember once hearing my sister tell my little niece, If you put your pants on, I'll give you some Fresca. And when kids can start to reason that they get something if they do something right, it's a lot easier to manage them. Having that conversation about money with your kids, that's not the easiest thing in the world. Fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money until they're actually in charge of it. And that's where Greenlight can help. Greenlight is a debit card and money app made just for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on the kids' spending and savings. While kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills. Your kids will learn how to save, invest, and spend wisely thanks to the games that teach kids skills in a fun, accessible way. When I was a kid, I had expected chores and then I had bonus chores. And bonus chores were where I earned money. And so if you're thinking like, hey, my kids should be doing stuff around the house. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. But maybe there's extra ways that they can learn how to be a successful financial money person. What was one of the bonus chores that you had to do? (sighs) Rub my mom's feet. And what did that pay? I don't know, like a quarter or something. Millions of parents and kids are learning about money on Greenlight. It's the easy, convenient way for parents to raise financially smart kids and families to navigate their life together. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash oddities. That's greenlight.com slash oddities to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash oddities. I've got to tell you, the longer we've had our aura frame, the more I love it. I have kids, and they live about 3,000 miles away, and my daughter is expecting a child, and she has been sending me updates on her baby bump through the aura frame. And since I can't be there to experience it with her, it's the next best thing. And speaking of mothers, if you're looking for the perfect gift to celebrate your mom in your life... Aura Frames are beautiful Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames. It allows you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload and super easy to share photos with the Aura app. And here's the thing, if you're giving Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. We love Aura Frames and living so far away from family, thanks to Aura, it's the next best thing. It's like, it's like almost being there. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Box of Oddities freaks can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code Oddities at checkout to save. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com and use code Oddities at checkout and you will save thanks aura frames for bringing my family a little bit closer we had stories pour in from all over the world this year ayubowan from swelteringly hot and sunny sri lanka 
um, hi Kat and JG this is Nilendra De Silva and uh, just FYI Ayubowan means long life in Singhala it's our national way of uh, greeting anyone yeah I just thought I'd submit this little spooky experience it's not a major ground opening hand jumping out with claws and flames and the devil himself ty- uh, level spooky but um it was a spooky instance for me i guess i'll leave you to and our fellow freaks to be the judge of that but um this story revolves around my granddad walter who passed away when he was 79 years old in the year 1995 two years before that he was not doing too well so that would make him 77 we had a whatever breed plus border collie a pure white loving affectionate and cute as a button border collie teddy um i loved him to bits i was very young uh, he was a bit of a dopey dog and everybody loved him he was so affectionate the entire family believes that it's because of teddy that granddad kept going from 77 to his 79th birthday in grand style because he was not well when he was 77 and he recovered and was sprightly as ever and passed away peacefully when he was 79 why we say that it we feel it was teddy that was responsible for this miraculous feat is because when granddad turned 77 and was ill teddy came by his bedside stayed with him a little while and according to my grandmother vanished from sight the day that granddad got better in sri lankan culture i don't know if this is a global thing but we say that dogs are so affectionate to us that they don't want us to suffer through the period when they are going to leave this world so teddy literally vanished and we uh, came to the conclusion with the help of the entire village because he could just could not be found he went away and essentially giving up his energy to my granddad to keep him going for another 2 years with us we believe teddy imparted his energy for granddad is the way we choose to remember him by and culturally and spiritually we feel that is the truth but this is not spooky now is it it's a beautiful story the spooky part comes now the next year when dad myself and mum had come down from dubai for summer holidays i believe there was a room which uh, we always occupied to spend the night to have a good night sleep before our shenanigans the next next day it was the holiday season after all teddy was very fond of sleeping in the upper right corner of this room where we would have a clothes hamper so he would uh, curl up next to that hamper facing his face towards us so that he could keep us safe and go to sleep this night happened to be a poya a poya is known uh, is a singhala name given for a full moon day where the moon is at its brightest illumination illuminatory power i guess um, it's a special day it's a holy day in sri lanka on this poya day our room was well illuminated by the beautiful soft light of the moon and from time to time large clouds would pass by waxing and waning the intensity of this uh, illumination 
and as the moon got covered by a particularly large cloud i swear to you i saw a pearly soft outline of our dear teddy at the base of this hamper with his little red eyes watching us oh my god excuse the wavery voice i mean i feel that the fellow was watching us even in death he wanted to keep us safe so that was my little spooky experience it was a a lovely spooky experience don't you think a spooky experience <laughs> oh gosh anyway i just thought i'd like to share this little experience with the two of you and my dear freak family from all over the world thank you for doing what you do and i hope you enjoyed this little story be safe wherever you all are if you all have dogs love them with all your heart because they love you unconditionally be safe god bless take care much love from sri lanka Elendra de Silva signing out. Well, that is just about the sweetest thing I have ever heard. See, the unexplained doesn't have to be scary. It can be loving. Now I just want to snuggle with Haggis. C- cat's crying. No, I'm not. You're crying though, aren't you? A little bit. Emily has a story. Hey guys, I decided that 2023, my 41st year of life is going to be the year of doing things I would not normally do. So I went on a solo vacation. I recently had a baby and I am going to call into my podcast and leave an interesting story, or at least I think it's interesting. So I am from Chicagoland. I am near, if you remember, you guys did a podcast about the cemetery that had like a derailed circus train and people could hear the animals because they were buried there. But really, it's close to the zoo, which is like a mile away. That's where I live literally next to the zoo and you can hear the lions that's how close but anyway my family is in the funeral home business growing up in the 80s 90s my grandmother uh, lived in one of those funeral homes and she took care of us every single day me and my three younger brothers and i just thought it would be cool to share some um, interesting things about basically growing up in a funeral home So my grandma lived there. She was the caretaker. Basically, she um, would prepare the place when a wake was coming through, you know, clean up. She'd answer the door. Back then, the doors kept open all day for people to just wander in and check out the funeral home. There was a casket display room. And it was a huge room. It was like a gymnasium to us kids, but with caskets in it on display um, for people to shop through. And my brothers and I used this room as like Nerf dart room and um, Nerf gun war room. And we would always get in trouble because my cousin would need to show caskets to people and he'd lift the lid and there'd be like bright orange Nerf darts in there. There was these two gigantic chapels with like 150 chairs in each one and they were really bouncy chairs and my brothers and I would just spend all day bouncing from chair to chair and sometimes there would be a person in the room and we would play tag and that person up at the front would be the ghoul um 
There was a garage, and to get to the car, you had to walk through the embalming room. And if there was a person in that embalming room, Grandma would have us cover our eyes with our hands and hold the sibling in front of you as you trained your way through the room. But we all looked anyway. That was interesting. Um, My cousin did hair and makeup, and um, I would just get mesmerized. I remember she had a caboodle with hair and makeup stuff in it and I would just watch her do that. There was also a basement and it was like a lost in time type of basement Um, and there were some offices down there that looked like they were literally abandoned sometime in the 70s and sometimes my dad would need to go downstairs to check the water heater or some electric stuff and he would let us kids go with him and there were these offices with ringing telephones and clothing on mannequins and it just um really creeped me out that's what i can think of right now i thought it was just kind of cool oh duh the best part of the story my grandma had a baby monitor set and she would put the one end at the chapel area and the other end in the apartment so she could tell if somebody walked in or not and um She kept that on 24-7, so when we slept over, we just had the lovely white noise of an empty funeral home chapel buzzing in the background, and as a child, I remember just thinking, what what is going to be the day that a voice comes across there, or something totally creepy happens, and let me tell you, nothing really ever did. Creepiest thing that ever happened was their very protective German Shepherd dog. She loved us kids. She was the protector of all of us. She would sometimes just go running to a certain part of the chapel or the building and just start barking. That was really creepy. Hope you enjoyed my little semi-spooky Halloween-y story. Love you, love your show. Bye. I've often wondered what it would be like to live in an active funeral home. So cool. All I could think of was my girl. Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought. I, I want to watch that again. Oh, that'll make you cry. No. And you're already emotionally raw. I worked at a radio station that uh, was in a building that in the 1950s was an early TV station. That's not the same as a funeral home. And before that, it was a funeral home. Oh. And in the basement, uh, the studios were on the third floor. Mm-hmm. And in the basement, which was the morgue at the time, there were still cutouts in the concrete where the body slides were. Oh, wow. We used to give away uh, soda pop, uh, Thirsty Thursday, and we kept all of the cases of soda in those uh, body slots. Sure. <laughs> I had to go down and get one one night. It was I worked the late night shift. I went down the there. way in the back? I, I, out of the corner of my eye... I could have sworn I saw what looked like a woman in a hospital gown. And as soon as I turned my head, it was gone. Was she coming to pick up her soda? Yeah. 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 I told her there was a 30-day limit. and She'd been dead for years, so the offer had expired. Anyway, Ginger said this. Back in the day when I was in fourth grade, I used to be in Girl Scouts. Uh, we used to do little trips and stuff like that, as you do in Girl Scouts. And we went to an overnight retreat and uh, we went to a science museum in Oklahoma City. Uh, I knew it as the Omniplex at the time, but I think it's now called just the Science Museum. During the day we had, we did all the activities as you do. 
all all the sciencey goodness, which is phenomenal. And at night, we settled down for the night and got into our sleeping bags and obviously went to sleep, as you do. During the night, while everybody was asleep, here's where it got interesting. I woke up, I, I kind of opened my eyes and uh, noticed that there was this girl standing in the like the corridor because it is a museum so it was like a pretty big space there were all like 150 200 girls are sleeping in in this corridor area and i just see this one girl in a white gown with a white hat with long blonde hair standing looking to the left ish if i remember right and i'm like okay i don't recognize that girl from the day and then she just kind of walks in the direction that she was staring and i'm like ah i'm gonna have a hard time going back to sleep after that so in the morning i tell my girl scout leader and the parents i told them that i saw this girl and i asked him is there anybody here that meets that description and they looked around and they tried to find a girl from the other troops that even remotely met that description like that had that kind of those pajamas and that hair and that looked like that and they couldn't find anybody that like looked like that so they it, it freaked them out it freaked me out fairly certain that was something different and that's really hard to explain. It's one of those situations that I haven't, one, had the desire, and two, haven't had the time to look up anything on the Science Museum in Oklahoma City to see if there's any history behind that location. And two, I don't know if I want to know about it, if there is. So that that's something fun. And I love you guys. Thank you so much. If this makes it, hooray! So am I to understand that that Girl Scout troop got to sleep overnight in the museum? I didn't know that was a real thing. I thought that people made that up like I, for movies and stuff. I want to sleep overnight in a museum. It, I... If there was some sort of fundraiser where I could stay overnight in like the Natural History Museum, oh yeah, I will. I would give you all that I have. <laughs> I would spend the entire night trying to keep her from climbing up onto the T Rex. Our next submission comes from Leslie. I had to have been about ten or eleven when this happened. We had a fire scare at our house. And we had a two-story house, and the um, insulation somehow caught fire, and so the house was filled with smoke. We had the fire department came. It was the whole production of, you know, making sure everybody's safe and putting it out, but it didn't end up doing too much damage. So everybody was okay, Every and everything went on, except for me and my hypersensitivity developed this feeling that... It was my job to make sure everyone in the house was okay just in case there was a fire. Therefore, that meant I had to stay up all night long to make sure everyone was safe. And I developed this fear like literally 
as soon as after, right after the fire happened. And then uh, it was it went on for months where I would try my best to stay up as late as possible to make sure I could get everybody out. Okay, never talked to anybody about it because I was 10, 11. So anyway, um, then I have a dream and in the dream, I'm on the street that I lived on and I'm holding hands with someone and we're swinging our arms back and forth like kids do when they're walking. And it wasn't a woman, it wasn't a man, it was just like a being. I knew it was a person like because we were holding hands and we're just as happy as we can be it seems so familiar so calm and then all of a sudden I hear an alarm and I'm wearing a watch and it's a watch alarm and it's going it's counting down 10 9 8 7 etc and we both kind of look at each other and the being says to me it's okay you don't have to go uh, unless you're ready and in that moment, I woke up and I never lost another moment of sleep after that. So it's kind of weird. Now that's comforting. Yeah. I like I like the idea of that. Like a guardian angel kind of thing. Yeah. Or even if it was just your subconscious saying, it's okay. Yeah. Just yeah. fucking relax, yo. Or maybe it was one of the observers from Fringe. It may have been. Meridian sent us an email and said that there had been a couple of boo effects with us using her name, talking about staying at La Meridian Hotels. <laughs> what a cool name. And so she doesn't hear it very often. So I'm happy to say it. Meridian, Meridian has a story for us. When I was a kid, my grandma was the person in my family I felt the most understood by. She was funny, smart, kind, and tough, and she flew her freak flag proudly, inspiring me to do the same. We made a deal that if ghosts were real, she would come back and let me know by leaving me a daisy on my front porch, because daisies were her favorite flower. Unfortunately, by the time I was a teenager, she suffered several strokes and developed cancer that spread really fast. And though she didn't pass away until I was 19, she was never really herself again. I've always been sensitive to the paranormal, so I was heartbroken that I never felt her presence after she died. I even trained as a psychic and medium for several years, and although I had the privilege to interact with a lot of people who crossed over, she never made an appearance, even though I never stopped looking for her. Three years ago, I had a very vivid dream, which was highly unusual for me. I have sleep apnea, but wasn't diagnosed until this year, so at the time, I never remembered any dreams I may have had. On top of that, this dream felt really different from normal. It was the most real a dream had ever felt to me. It was my grandma the way that she was before she got sick, and she gave me a big hug and told me that she was okay. I can still feel how soft and warm and strong she felt when I recall it. That morning, I went over to my mom's house for Sunday lunch, and my mom, being the date keeper of the family, reminded us that this was the 10-year anniversary of my grandma's passing. I was shocked, but I told myself that it was probably a coincidence, and I must have remembered the date of her death subconsciously, even though I can, I can hardly remember my own birthday. The year after that, I moved in with my current partner after a long run of bad relationships. 
the two of us have an incredible connection and relationship, which I hadn't even realized was possible before. I do odd jobs, so I offered to do some work on my grandmother's old house after the basement flooded. Um, the house is still in our family. When I was there, I went through all the drawers and cabinets for fun in my downtime, trying to find things of hers that hadn't made it to the surface yet. After finding a few scraps of paper with dirty jokes written on them, hidden in some drawers, I found a project that the two of us had worked on together that I'd completely forgotten about. It was a grandma and me style questionnaire where I asked her questions and wrote down her answers. As I read through it, I landed on the question, what is your favorite flower? And her answer, daisies, the yellow ones with the black center. What she'd really meant was black-eyed Susans, not daisies, which have infested my porch relentlessly since I moved in with my partner. They only showed up once I started living there. I think that this is my grandma showing me that she approves of my relationship and even years later, leaving me that daisy that she'd promised back when I was a little kid. The Black Eyed Susans come back every year now and I finally feel her presence. There are other ways I think she's influenced my life since she's passed, including sending me one of my best friends, a fellow freak who lives in England, who by complete chance wrote to me after I made a request for pen pal in a Facebook group. She has the same birthday as my grandma and wrote to me for the first time on the day that my grandma passed. And we both really needed the kind of friendship we provide each other. This is the kind of thing that my grandma would have totally done IRL. That's my story, and I just want to add on that if anybody is in a similar situation as I was, where you're looking for someone who's passed that just doesn't feel like they're there, don't give up hope and just be patient. Just because we don't feel someone around doesn't mean that they're not looking out for us and loving us even after they've moved on sending you all my love okay well now i'm crying <laughs> great sweet right thanks a lot jeez yeah that's stuff like that if we pay attention stuff like that does happen all of the time it's like there are little clues that the universe leaves us little signs hey there i'm dylan lewis one of the hosts of motley full money each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, 
shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Samantha sent us a message. She's had a few signs from someone. Or something? We lived in this house for a couple of years, and we have three children. For a long time, we had a cat named Oliver. He seemed to be pretty intrigued with the ceiling of the basement a lot, or the stairwells. He would hang out and out of nowhere just be looking up and and start meowing just kind of crying out a lot. And when we'd get his attention, he'd kind of come and snuggle and then he'd just go right back to looking up and meowing and crying. Um, He'd do that in the stairwell as well. We also often will be sitting in the living room. Um, The cat will be next to us. The kids will be in the same room with us or in bed or whatever. And it'll hear someone going up and down the stairs. Um, That happens regularly. We hear that off and on all the time. We've heard noises like that, like steps um, in different areas where we're pretty confident nobody's stepping. Um, My father-in-law spent the night, he came up from Tennessee and spent the night in the living room and was reclined and trying to sleep. And he heard whistling um, coming from that stairwell kind of basement area. He got up and kind of looked around and didn't hear anything and got back to his recliner, sat down and started to fall back to sleep and heard more whistling. (laughs) That was kind of creepy. He doesn't really want to stay at our house anymore. My sister-in-law also, we took a date night and she came over and watched our kids for us. And she was all snuggled up on the couch. It was a little after midnight and she turned the TV down and was just kind of playing on her phone. And she kept hearing someone walk up the stairs and then walk down the stairs. I guess the lights flickered a little bit. Then she heard someone run down the stairs and nobody was around. The kids were all in bed. So she will not spend the night at our house. She's made that very clear. Then my sister and my cousin came and stayed one night. My husband and the kids were off doing something. My cousin slept in my daughter's room across the hall. And my sister slept in the bed with me in the master bedroom. And in the morning, (laughs) she let me know that she's not staying anymore. (laughs) She said she woke up. Um, and it's usually 3, 3.30, 4, you know, that witching hour. But she woke up and had her back towards the door and just felt super creeped out out of nowhere. And so she sat up and looked around and her eyes adjusted and didn't see anything. And But she said she swore she just felt like someone was in the doorway. And so she laid back down and she could not turn her back to it she had to turn and face it but not look at it she couldn't explain why she just knew she wanted to face it but not actually look at the door and she kind of went in and out of sleep from there and uh, informed me in the morning that if um, 
she ever stays again. She's sleeping in my daughter's room because my cousin said she slept like a baby and didn't have any kind of things going on. One night I was asleep and I rolled over. So I was kind of half asleep, half awake. And I rolled over towards my husband, which is towards that door, you know, creepy door. And my husband was snoring and I just kind of started falling back to sleep after I adjusted. And I heard what I can only describe as like someone jingling like beads or something like that jingle of, I don't know if it would be plastic or glass. And I just sat up straight and kept looking over there and I saw nothing and it was quiet and my husband was snoring and it was normal. And so I just laid back down and adjusted and thought maybe it was just part of a dream I was in the middle of and started to fall back to sleep to the sound of my husband's lovely snores. And I woke up again hearing that jingle, that bead like ch, 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 just steady ch, ch, ch. Nothing really happened after that. Just kind of got up again, looked around, kind of said out loud, like, I'm just trying to sleep. <laughs> Adjusted again and went back to sleep and I didn't hear it anymore, but weird noises, can't really explain them. By the way, we think the ghost name might be Elmer because that was one of the previous owners and he really loved this house. And we feel like he, if it's anybody, it might be Elmer. So anyway, that's a little bit of story about my house and I love you guys, love the show and hope to see you at a live show sometime. Um, Much love from Dayton, Ohio. Wouldn't it be weird if they found out that Elmer was Catholic and those were rosary beads? Oh, I thought maybe he was just a jewelry maker. Well, maybe that too. And by the way, why is it 3 a.m. is considered the witching hour? And is that 3 a.m. East Coast, 2 a.m. Central, Or is it 3 a.m. everywhere? No, I think that the other side adheres to daylight saving time. Yeah, like on the other side, there's a reminder from the uh, Ghost Labor Union. Don't forget to set your watches back an hour. (laughs) Noelle has a story for us. So I'm a pool player. I go to tournaments in Reno and Vegas. And one night I got home from a tournament. It was pretty late. It's about 1.30 in the morning. And uh, I just sat down. I had my little snack and I was getting ready to burn one and uh, relax. And I heard this loud noise in my patio area. It scared the heck out of me. So I went and I grabbed my gun and I went over and I looked out there. And I swear I thought there was going to be a dude or something out there. But it was a cat. Anyway, I started kind of like laughing. Went back over to the couch. Set the gun on the coffee table, started watching TV, started smoking my little joint I had. Next thing you know, my toilet flushes down the hall. Now, mind you, I live alone. I'm, I'm home alone. I'm a chick, so that's why I rush so quick to get my gun. And there shouldn't be anyone in my crapper, you know what I mean? <laughs> so... I get up, chambers a gun, and I start screaming down the hallway, if there's someone in the house, you better come out here very slowly because I'm scared now and I'm probably going to shoot you. And so I go around the corner, super careful, 
and I look and there is nobody in the whole house there is not a soul in there I knew I was by myself to begin with and my heart was going 100 miles an hour I couldn't believe it my idiot friend was like yeah well my toilet does it leaks water sometimes and sometimes it sounds like it flushes no <laughs> guys this was a full-fledged flush and this was one of those weird toilets that had an issue with the chain so you literally had to like hold the chain hold the handle down for like a second or two or it wasn't going to flush all the way and you're going to have to do it again so I knew it wasn't the toilet Anyway, scared the hell out of me. Got a good laugh out of, out of it after the fact, but anyway, hope this was uh, interesting or at least worthy of uh, this show because it's an awesome show. I want to hang out with Noel. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I wonder what happened. A ghost decided that uh, I'm going to haunt Noel. But I've got searing abdominal cramps. I have to take a dump first. Yeah, it was a poltergeist that had recently had some lamb curry, mm. and it didn't work out very well. No. Yeah. Poltergeists are notoriously sensitive to Indian food. Also, we have a toilet like that, too, Noel. where if you, if you don't hold the handle down long enough, it doesn't do any good. Sometimes I can hear him in the other room, and I'll be like, you didn't hold it for long enough. <laughs> <laughs> um. Amber's got a ghost problem. Hey, Kat and Jethro. I just wanted to share a couple of my spooky stories that I have um, experienced in my life. There are only a couple and they're pretty short, so I thought I would just share all of them with you. The first one takes place in 2013. My family and I had moved to Denver, uh, Denver, Colorado from California. We rented a, a little apartment in an old brick building called the Acacia. The Acacia was built in 1921 and had originally been a hotel. There was evidence of that from the dumbwaiter that had been boarded up that was in our kitchen. The lobby was just kind of art deco, like ornate. The elevator had one of those like accordion type style doors and there was just a lot of charm to the building. It was really neat. And so one night when I wasn't there, my husband was sitting on the bed and he was by himself in the apartment and he had all of a sudden heard somebody or something uh, run across the apartment floor and the floors were wood. So he essentially just heard something kind of like this. But it ran full force towards him and then just jumped on the bed. And he said it scared the daylights out of him. Um, he was pretty freaked out and he chose not to tell me because he didn't want me to get freaked out. And I kind of understand that because I don't know if I would have wanted to stay there. And so I never heard about it until later. One thing I can say when I did live in that apartment is that the kitchen kind of freaked me out at night. I did not like going to the kitchen. Uh, for any reason and when it became dark out. I don't know why. There was just kind of weird energy in there. It just felt darker. It was just kind of creepy, kind of eerie. One day, I started hearing sweeping, like with a hard, bristled broom on the floor, kind of like it, I imagine one of those like brooms you see in like old old movies or something that like even a witch would have. It's just got those real thick bristles. And we would hear around five in the morning, the sound of someone sweeping and it would just be like, 
back and forth and you would just hear it throughout the whole apartment. And um, we got so used to it that we sometimes I would wake up and I would just lay there and listen to it and see how long it would go on. And it would just continue. It would just, you know, they would just keep on sweeping. There were a few times where I would try to catch it. So I would open my eyes real quick to see if I could see whatever it was or whoever it was. I never did see anything. We did find out later on that that apartment building, when it was a hotel, was um, for more prominent individuals like lawyers, legislators, um, you know, elite society that uh, were able to stay there. And apparently somebody had supposedly been having an affair and our apartment was the apartment that the mistress um, was confronted about the affair and was told basically that... You know, the wife of the man she was having an affair with had found out and that he was no longer willing to have the affair. So she committed suicide. I don't know the validity to that story. I really had a hard time finding any kind of facts to that. But yeah, so that was the story of the Acacia apartment in Denver. And it was definitely, it was a weird building. There There was just some vibes in there that were a little spooky. And then fast forward to 2021, Um, we had moved back to California. We had been living in California for a little while and me and my husband decided to visit Denver again. And I got to see the Acacia, looked pretty much the same. I mean, everything's been there for about a hundred years anyway, so it was about the same. But that night in my hotel room, I was sleeping soundly and I started to feel the feeling of vibrations next to me almost as if like a cell phone was next to me on uh on vibrate instead of a ringtone and i remember in my sleep thinking oh it's my cell phone but then i also remember thinking in my sleep but i don't ever turn my phone on vibrate so i just kind of laid there for a second in in that in and out of sleep state where you're not awake but you're not quite asleep and i suddenly started to feel my blanket that was on top of me be slowly pulled down from my shoulder down to my waist and it was very very slow and it freaked me out i sat up straight in bed I looked around and there was nobody, there was nothing there. Honestly, I, I wasn't sure what had just happened, um, but there was nothing pulling a blanket off of me. And there was also no cell phone sitting next to me. I don't know what that was. I don't know how to explain what that was. I've never suffered any kind of sleep paralysis ordeal. So I, I don't really know what that was, but it, it was clear as day. I could feel it. Um, and I, I know for a fact that something was pulling the blanket off of me. I just don't know what it was and I don't know why. And then we're going to go ahead and jump up to, uh, 2023 this last summer. I took my daughter to visit my grandparents. They live in a rural town in, uh, Washington state. Um, they have a smaller house and on their property, they have a cute little travel trailer or a little camper that they take uh, yearly to go camping. So we stayed in their little camper. It was set up very cute. It's very cozy. And since the house is a little small, that was perfectly fine with us staying in the little travel trailer until one night. I was in the travel trailer with my daughter. She was um, on her little bed that um, folds out. uh, It was a little area in the travel trailer that folded out into a bed. I was in the main bed. I promptly fell asleep while my daughter was in her little bed. Um, And she's 15, so she's, you know, not super young or anything. And she was up by herself drawing in those trailers. You can really feel when someone's walking around. Like, they kind of, you know, tilt and move 
you can really feel it if someone even just got up to grab a cup of water. Um, and she said she felt me get up and run to the bathroom. And she remembered thinking like, huh, that's odd. No wonder why she like ran to the bathroom. And, um, and so then she felt me run back to the, um, the bed. And she didn't really think much of it until she heard me run to the bathroom again. And she thought, okay, that's odd. So she sat up and looked over to see why I had gone to the bathroom, but she didn't see like the light on and she didn't see the door open or anything. So she looked over towards where I was and she had seen me sleeping, just laying there in bed, sound asleep. And it really, really scared her. And so she jumped up and woke me up and told me about it. And I was in a state of, you know, not being fully awake. So I said, you know, why don't you just lay in bed with me? You can just sleep in here um, and everything's fine. And so she laid in bed for a few minutes and basically said, I can't sleep here. And so she decided to go into the house and I sat there for a second. And after hearing her story, I just kind of said, you know what? I don't think I can sleep in here either. I just had this weird, eerie feeling that I was being watched and it kind of freaked me out. So I went into the house too, and I did not stay in that trailer for the last few days of my trip. I can't really explain any of these occurrences. We never saw anything physically. All we did was hear things, and I'm not really sure what exactly that means. I don't know if hauntings are really just the overlap of time between the past, the present, and the future, if everything's all occurring at once. I don't know if things are haunted, places are haunted, objects. I don't know how any of this works, but I do know that we experienced a few things that we can't explain and um, they were real. We heard them, we experienced them, and I know for a fact that there are things on this earth that we really can't explain, but those are my stories and uh, I hope everyone enjoyed them. Thank you. Amber has lived an eventful life. I want to party with that dude. <laughs> so many weird things. The, just the sweeping sound. Right. In the, just the sound of an old-fashioned broom being slowly dragged across your kitchen floor mm. at three in the morning. Um, I wouldn't be able to move. Um, I guess that would be sweep paralysis. I went too far, didn't I? I had to go too far for that one. <clears throat> Emily shared her experience with us. When I was in school, my mother got this grandmother clock that she was keeping for my uncle, who never really took it back, so it became our grandmother clock. And this thing would chime every hour on the hour. And after hearing it for years, you just kind of get used to it. But then in high school, I remember having a nightmare. I just remember running down an endless hallway of a haunted house with a thunderstorm going on inside. But I just knew that I needed to keep running. And I would keep running until the grandmother clock would start to chime. And when it did chime, these ghosts would come out of the walls and start beating me up beating me up so badly that I thought I would die just from their punches and kicks and whatever spectral spookiness they had. When the grandmother clock would stop chiming, they would just disappear. And I just remember getting up and running and keep running until the grandmother clock would go off again. And 
and I would be beaten by ghosts again before they would disappear and I would get up and run again. This happened every single time that grandmother clock went off until I woke up in the morning and I knew something was wrong right away. I knew I had to get downstairs. I couldn't stay up in my room anymore. Problem was my legs didn't work. Like I tried to move my toes even and they just didn't work. And I was home alone that day and I knew I had to get to the phone. So I had to crawl my way to my door, climb up it to open it up, crawl down the stairs without the use of my legs. And then when I got to the bottom of the stairs, I felt something in my legs and I realized I could walk again. I don't know if it was just my body remembering that it wasn't in that dream anymore and it wasn't actually beat up and exhausted from running down an endless corridor, but I could walk again. <laughs> I called my parents anyway just to let them know that that had happened to me and they took me to the doctor and nothing was wrong. To this day, I still don't know why my legs wouldn't work. Well, that's kind of weird. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like it either. But the thing is, if for some reason the sound of the grandfather clock was... Grandmother clock. Grandmother clock. Sexist. Was creating some sort of uh, sleep-like paralysis thing, mm-hmm. like a hypnotic thing maybe, um, there's a mechanism where you can turn the chimes off. Maybe, maybe next time you stay there, you look into that. You know what else would work? Sledgehammer. Just saying. You you just do not like large clocks, do you? I don't. I don't care for them. Thank you. Hey, Kat and Jethro. This is uh, Cody Beretta. I have a haunted doll story for you. So when we were growing up, we had this little doll, and it was really like Uncanny Valley. It had this like black skin, like sort of like a faded burnt skin not quite the the burnt paper skin that you have for you know some of the the apparitions that we've talked about in the past i feel like but just this kind of like faded dead black burnt skin and the facial features were you know very um uncanny valley like i don't think it had a mouth but it had eyes and a nose and so like it was just very off we had a a point where the doll would start to move around. And one day, my brother wakes up and I hear a terrifying scream. And he sees the doll sitting next to his bed with a knife. Suddenly, childish giggling occurs. And I run out of the room because I cannot stop laughing because I just pranked the shit out of him. I now feel bad about this, but come on, I was 10 at the time. It was funny then, you know, terrible older brother. I know, I know, I'm the worst, but I do feel bad and I apologize for it now when it comes up. Uh, Sometimes you guys have put up some joke ones in the past, so I thought I would go ahead and submit one here. Love you guys. Bye. You know, when he when he first said that, I thought, oh, my God, that is so funny. 
But then I started thinking about it a little bit more, and I thought, oh my God, that is so funny. <laughs> well done, Cody. Scarred for life, but well done. Well, that's episode one, or volume one, I should say, of the stories that you've sent us for, uh, for our Halloween special. No, I wanted to do it like this. And that concludes <laughs> this episode of, I don't know. I just feel like I should be closing a book. Closing a book. Yeah. An old, dusty, leather-bound book. Yes. With cobwebs. You get me. I get you so totally. Anyway, Volume 2 drops Halloween Eve. The day before Halloween. (laughs) Perfect timing. And we'll see you next time. Until then, keep those freaky flags flying. And fly them proudly, you... Freakity freak freak. Huh. Did you want to try it? Beautiful freak. Did you want to try it again? Hmm? And so, let it be known that the box of oddities belongs to you, and its fate is in your hands. Therefore, it's been requested by those to whom I report to beseech you for assistance. We ask but one thing of you to provide a five star rating and a positive review. True. That is, two things. However, tis merely a five-star rating and a positive review. Also, subscribe to us. Okay, so three things is all we ask. Three things and three things only. Henceforth, the Box of Oddities commits to the telling of stories. Stories of the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected. We wish to offer our deeply felt gratitude and appreciation for your patronage. TheBoxOfOddities.com Copyright 2023. All rights reserved. If you like this podcast, can we recommend another one? It's called Big Picture Science. You can hear it wherever you get your podcasts, and its name tells part of the story. The big picture questions and the most interesting research in science. Seth and I are the hosts. Seth is a scientist. I am Molly, and I'm a science journalist. And we talk to people smarter than us, and we have fun along the way. The show is called Big Picture Science, and as Seth said, you can hear it wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone. Stakuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be.